Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah, doing okay. Nice. Pretty uh, pretty solid uh, batch of movies. So, yeah, when, when it's these type of things, when I when I thoroughly am excited about both films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, obviously, I, like, when we schedule episodes, I always try to, like, get a little bit of diversity, different uh decades different subgenres of horror whatever and uh but yeah i definitely can't argue that june we lined up a lot of really good stuff we did the friday the 13th movies and then uh another franchise in a way uh the the hannibal lecter series is that what we call it the hannibal lecter cinematic universe Um, yep so uh also very great movies and uh we're talking about silence of the lambs this week which i mean come on if you don't like this movie i'm sorry but fuck off I, yeah this, just, this, this so good. honestly this movie's gonna be really tough when it comes to performances it's mm-hmm. gonna be really tough when it comes to best line like this this is this is one of those masterpieces you know what i mean like we like every now and then we circle around a film that is truly flawless Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the Academy Awards recognized that with this film as well. So I don't, we're we're definitely not alone in this feeling. Um, but it's just it's like eating a really good meal where every single piece <laughs> of the meal is good and complements everything on the plate. So yeah, I I mean I th- this this movie is pure perfection. It's a Criterion Collection release that is deserving of its place. Um, and, I mean, it cemented Jonathan Demme as one of the greatest uh, directors of the like the later last century. It's funny because re-watching Manhunter and then re-watching this movie, like, I love both. But it's almost like... Uh, Manhunter is like your your hair metal, or maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not hair metal, but like some kind of eighties music. And then Silence of the Lambs is almost more like grunge, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like well, it's uh, younger too. And yeah. and I mean you're you're through the eyes of a of an agent that is just out of Quantico, yeah, like just graduated. It has has no. There's no scuff on her whatsoever. She is she is pristine and new, and that is not a good thing for her. No, it gets her into trouble, and um, I I, I mean it, it tests her loyalties. It tests um how she handles herself under pressure and under 
the very like a a very close knife. That that night that night vision scene is absolutely masterful and really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh like, my god! Yeah. Oh, it's so well executed, and Ted Levine is a fucking master. Yeah. So good. He's so goddamn good as Buffalo Bill. He really is. And like, I don't know. I was really like thinking about as I was rewatching this, like, who did I like more, Francis Dollarhide or Buffalo Bill? Like, and if you asked me before, I probably would have said Buffalo Bill bill by a mile but then i watched tom dooney and i was like oh this is a lot harder than i thought it would be well, but i mean common common thread is strength of character yeah uh, there's there's no hollowness to either character there's so much depth and there's so much work and mm-hmm. and and put into it by two absolute masters of their craft yeah um who hadn't yet really been recognized on a wide level no. So, yeah, it's it's really good shit. A hundred percent. Yeah, these 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 are just movies to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. Well, what is the Silence of the Lambs even about? If you don't know <laughs> at this point, I'm sorry, bud. Wow. Yeah. Get out from your cave. Um, a young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer. To help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. Yeah, that's and skinning skinning them for a suit. Yes, for a suit, and 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 this is, I mean, playing into the trans arena. Mm-hmm. Of course, making trans a monster, which is I mean well... exactly everything that the right is trying to do right now in in actual reality. I would disagree, though, because there's very clear dialogue between Clarice and Hannibal Lecter about how he is a fake... Well, they use the term transsexual, which is not Mm -hmm. the correct term these days. It's transgendered. But he is fake transgendered. He believes he's transgendered, but he's really not. And they do talk about how real transgender people are passive. They are not killers. They are not Mm -hmm, taking mm -hmm. their shit out on other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Which was a very interesting distinction for them to just so bluntly make uh, in this movie. I thought, I was a little worried going back into it. Because it's a while since I had watched Silence of the Lambs before this. And I couldn't remember the nuance behind Buffalo Bill and all of that stuff. And when they had that conversation, I, Mm -hmm. I was pretty impressed by that actually. Because mm-hmm. that that was them making a clear distinction that this is not a transgender person, and you should not be scared of transgender people because of that. Transgender people are usually passive when it comes to them being transgender, whereas this person is very clearly not that. He is taking his uh, aggression out, his aggression about not liking who he is, he, he's misplacing that and taking it out on people. So yeah. I actually yeah. thought that was surprisingly progressive. Um, for this movie to to make that distinction and very clearly state, yeah, no, he's he thinks he's one thing, but he's not, um, and and this is why he's actually a psycho instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Jonathan Demi is, I mean, as a filmmaker, um, could be considered an ally to the community. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, Jonathan Demi also did Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
he had, he, I mean, he had movies in his oeuvre that that definitely lent to that community and had a paid mind to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's 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 sad we didn't get more. Like, I know he died at seventy three years old, but it's like when you rewatching this one, it just brings back how great he he was as a filmmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like, even in, like, a movie, like, one of his last major films was that, um, was it Meryl Streep was a rock star? Um, uh, Ricky and the Flash. Um, oh, yeah. Still I think a great I movie. That, yeah. Still a solid movie, you know? And, uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, watching one of his top films makes me miss him oh and i even miss his brother ted demi i mean ted demi did blow mm. with uh with uh johnny depp and that movie's fucking phenomenal but yeah i i just i i found myself constantly missing t- uh jonathan demi right. while i was watching this movie First time we watched this movie, I feel like my answer would be the same pretty much. But uh, I watched it on VHS because I clearly, I mean, in 1990 was not old enough to see it in theaters, um, but I knew about it, and uh, so the first opportunity I could sneak away to watch it because I definitely wasn't allowed to watch it, being a rest- uh, rated R film, I did. So it was probably. Yeah, t- maybe 12, 13 years old. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched this as a part of a double feature when I watched the Manhunter and this on cable back when I was younger. And definitely this movie made more of an impression on me than Manhunter did at the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously now I would argue I actually probably prefer my Manhunter over this just by a slight thread. They're both great movies, but like... Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's a tough call to make because they're both well, great for different reasons. I think if they were released today, I just because the synthiness and just the look and feel of Man, I probably would have yeah gravitated to Manhunter more. Yeah, I think Manhunter is slightly more exciting in a way. Like they're both, but they're both great movies, but like. I don't know. I think it, it's the 90s aesthetic that you mm-hmm. know, was obviously being very popularized around that time. Like, kind of like the, the more earthly-ish colors. But the, there's just something that's... Like, I think where Silence's appeal is, is all, in, in how operatic it feels at times. Mm-hmm. It feels it feels big. The movie feels very big. Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh, and, and even set pieces like uh, Lecter's cage in the middle of that gorgeous room, yeah, is so striking to look at, and it's lit. It's lit like a million dollars. Like it's that whole that whole set piece, and especially what it leads into, like Hannibal's escape and everything. Yeah, it's it is it is the crescendo of the movie, and it's unexpected. But on your first time watch, that scene's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All 
right. We got a few emails for this one. Uh, Jason says, it's crazy that Hannibal Lecter only appears in 16 minutes of the movie and Hopkins still won the Oscar for Best Actor. Well, I mean, we see nominations all the time for even less. Yeah. Uh, William, William Hurt in uh, um, History of Violence. And he almost damn won that supporting actor yeah. award. So, I mean. It's, I think the idea now, I, I think when it gets me is like leading actor but like mm-hmm. i guess realistically too like he is the leading actor in this like he is the biggest mm-hmm. actor in this it's that's not not a question but it's more um i don't know it seems more like clarice's movie obviously right but oh, for sure for um, sure she's she's the main character yeah and, and and there's no point where you're losing sight of that no because uh, i mean Besides stuff to set up plot wise, um, like it, it, it's very like even Buffalo comparing Buffalo Bill and Francis Dollarhide, um, in Manhunter, there are threads of Manhunter where it goes and follows Francis Dollarhide's character, and 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 his progression and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill, we're only getting interstitial stuff to just further the evil of his character yeah. and to open him up more and, and to give you a, a more villainous understanding, but we're never following his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I almost feel like too, for uh, Anthony Hopkins, whoever storyboarded the shots of him, like mm. especially the first shot where the camera pans down the hallway and you just see Anthony Hopkins standing still in the mm-hmm. cell as it goes down. They maybe also should have won Best Actor for that because that does so much to set up the Hannibal Lecter character in Silence of the Lambs. Um, maybe a little shout out to to those guys too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out to the cum thrower. Oh god! Oh god! Oh, <laughs> oh man! Poor Clarice throughout this whole movie. Oh my god, she's just subjected to like one after the other, just like I mean, trauma, he, basically. I'm surprised he was able to throw it. You think it was just stick to his hand, but you know what? Kudos, buddy. You made that work. Yeah. And it held it hit her right in the face too. So like he had he had some he had a good shot. He he seems like the kind of guy who's maybe practiced this before. Oh for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody that goes he just, like, he just throws against the wall like that would have hit them. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those carnival, um, one of those carnival uh, vendor stands where you have to oh, use a little gun to shoot the target. Anytime somebody walks by, he's like, "Pow!" Oh, I'm imagining someone at like a sleazy carnival setting up that, but with Clarice, and you're like, shooting. <laughs> "Sorry, that's a terrible thought," but it just came to my brain. Hit the young agent with cum. Come on, do it. <laughs> Um, all right, Nicole says, awesome movie, one of the all-time best, great story, pacing, and cast. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, agree across the board. Like, there's certain movies that, I mean, you remember them for certain characters or just, like, one or two things in it. There's perfection across the board. Like, the Mm -hmm. art direction is on point, the cinematography is all that. Like, everything is so finely tuned um, that it was built for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Francis says, 
why didn't Hannibal clear, kill Clarice? Because like he loves her. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty apparent. I'm, yeah, I. I, I don't want to be mean to Francis, but I'm like, really, you didn't pick up on that? But is it Francis Dollarhide? Maybe. <laughs> Why didn't he kill him like me? Like I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're the tooth fairy, and that's what you do, and you're in love with Reba, so. Yeah. Ah, I mean, it's pretty cut and clear, but, um, no more follow-up questions, Francis. No. Like even if you even you can argue maybe it's not even love maybe it's just respect, like yeah I would yeah. say it's it's love for sure but like I you could even just paint it as like a respect thing like, she and she came through with her quid pro quo yeah. mm-hmm. I mean he did ev- she did everything he asked of her why I, punish her for doing everything right. Well, and uh, yeah, that that is assuming too that she does not turn him in. Yep. Um, that, yeah. That it is just they have an, a perpetual understanding, basically. And she opens up to him. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Like she allows him inside of her psyche. So w- she allows vulnerability between the two. Hmm. Um. And they form a rapport that he doesn't have with anybody else at that point that we know of because I I mean Silence of the Lambs basically kind of wipes the board clean when it comes to Lecter but we don't know about any previous we don't know about anything with with uh, um, with um, Crawford I mean sorry um, um, why am I spacing on the name Will Graham Mm -hmm. so we don't know about that yet so, cool. Uh, and then let's get to our awards. Um, best line I went with: Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck yeah. Me. See, like, this one's hard. That, was, one, yeah, that one's hard. mine. But That's one. That one's one of mine as well. But also the the monologue about the lambs, the whole the whole title. Hmm. Like, that monologue is fucking insane. And I think that's what got Hopkins the Academy Award. Yeah. I think, like, obviously, Hopkins has, like, a lot of great lines in this. And I think, like, honestly, it was, like, very... uh, I was kind of grabbing... I was expecting that I would put, like, one of his lines. But then, I don't know. I just had such a good chuckle at Would You Fuck Me. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I ate his liver with a nice bottle of candy and some fava beans. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... And then I'm that that oh, which yeah. was ad that's an ad lib. Yeah. That's it was not idea. in the script and he just added that in. That that rush towards the screen, right? Like yeah. he added that in and it adds so much more substance to Lecter's character mm-hmm. and and that insanity switch within him, that that quick um that's quick spring to violence from intellectual perpetuity to violence yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i i wrote down his other good line right at the end i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend for dinner mm. oh and, so oh, good and it's yeah and it, it's a revenge piece too yeah right. oh. oh so good anthony held to a, a character actor that's really good at being hateable Oh, he was so hateable too. Yeah. Oh, I was I yeah. w- I knew he was going to get eaten and I was so happy about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there was some other good... I wrote down, um, there's, uh, when Jodie Foster and, uh, Crawford... I think Crawford is his name. Yeah, Mr. Crawford yeah, are in the car Glenn. together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's, uh, after they were... It's that whole scene where she's in the room with all the cops and they're all kind of staring her down and then she has a flashback to her dad and and then they're in the... Yeah, her and Mr. Crawford are in the car afterwards and he says, oh, I'm sorry that I... You know, told him told him to leave the room so that we didn't speak in front of a woman. Um, mm-hmm. You you know how it is though with those guys. And she goes, you know, it matters, Mr. Crawford. Cops look at you to see how to act. It matters. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. was like, but this movie is so surprisingly progressive. Not just in in how it treats like trans transgender people, but in how it treats like women and just any other type of like marginalized community. I feel like the the lens is just from such a different perspective. Um, especially when you're talking about serial killers who, uh, who, who for most of the m- movie they assume are, has sexual motives around it too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just the way that they do this movie and not make it feel that sleazy is is good, even though there are a lot of sleaze balls in the movie. Um, and I, I think at one point in my notes, I made some sort of comment about like, man, Clarice may not be getting eaten alive by Hannibal, but she's certainly getting eaten alive by every other dude in this movie that looks her way. (laughs) And I think that's why, like, even though Hector is, like, a serial killer, like, they have that respect and, like, it goes both ways because considering how other men treat her, the fact that, like, Hannibal has this kind of respect for her, you could tell that, like, even though she knows that it goes against all of her better judgment, she does have that respect for him, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just very interesting that, like, he's not... He's not, like, the total disgusting pig that these other men are. Like, he's a lot more... I mean, he's disgusting, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it, you and literally I... see that it's, like, it's all in her face. Like, just that conflict of, like, he's a serial killer, but, like, he's being really nice to me. Like, I don't know how to yeah. deal with this. I also really like the mentorship father-daughter care between Crawford and Foster and uh, Clarice a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I really dig that and the protectiveness of it and it's warranted and it's earned and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel, it doesn't feel shoehorned in. It doesn't feel like a damsel in distress thing. It yeah. seems like he sees her potential. He knows this could be one of the top agents we have and we really, really need her and we really need her to be that right now. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, I I even forget where where were the notes. Oh, best performance. Uh, Um, I don't think anyone wants to answer this question. (laughs) No, this is tough. But I, I, it's it's a three way tie. It's Jody, it's Anthony, and it's um um Ted Levine. Oh, should we do another fuck Mary kill? (laughs) Oh no 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Just kidding. <laughs> that, that was a little more uncomfortable. Well, well oh. fuck me would be Ted Levine, right? Mm, yeah. Because we he asked he asked for it, so yeah. we have to. Yeah, I mean, you got to be respectful, right? We have Someone to. We have that. to. That's okay. That's true. Yeah. That makes it easy, then, I guess. There we go. There we go. Anyways. <laughs> what was the question? I've completely forgotten. Best, best performance. performance. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, oh, Anthony won an Academy Award, so... I do love Clarice, though. The character is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I might go Jodie Foster just to even it out. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously very great. 
I know this isn't her first role, obviously, but like, this is definitely one of the roles that I think sold her as an as a adult actress, not an adult mm-hmm. actress in that sense, thirty minded <laughs> people, but like, obviously, like when you see her in Taxi, she's like, uh, you know, more of a of a child actor, but like this one was more. I don't. It must have been one of her more like roles when she was an adult. I don't know for sure, but I want to say. Uh, so. th- I think Disney accused. Yeah. So. Cool. Um. Uh, okay. Best kill. Charles Napier. I was gonna say Charles Napier too. <laughs> it's so. I I mean it's so big. The. Charles Napier is the kind of person that you want to see die in everything yeah. that he's in. I'm sorry, he's a great actor, probably a great person, but he's mm-hmm. just that kind was, of person that you're. Was. Yes, he's, sorry, he, was. He died. Yeah, yeah, but he's he was that kind of person that you're just like, I, I, I just, I, I don't mind seeing you die. There is a, such a beauty to how that scene is shot, yeah, and and seeing Lecter with the baton. And just mm-hmm. like he's conducting an orchestra, mm-hmm. it's so it 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 is horrifyingly beautiful. And then that elevator scene, oh, it, there's just so much that's just brilliant in that that execution, and yeah. uh, it's unforgettable. It's it's really unforgettable. Yeah. All right. Um dumbest decision i mean unlocking that cage come yep. on <laughs> yeah <laughs> really yeah like come on not going to the tape um because there is tape um yeah there's, there's the, just a panic and forgetting procedure yeah that was it it was just like and you know what like he knew what he was doing too like he knew that he was taking advantage well, of them and, and i mean and arguably how headstrong Clarice was in in descending on Jamie Gum's house mm-hmm. yeah. is, I mean, where was her backup? Yeah, you know, she she skirts into somebody in, into into a known killer's basement, like ballsy, ballsy, possibly stupid. Yeah. yeah, one wrong move and she's in, down in that hole yeah, with the still, other girl. Because I think we, I, I mean, by this point in the movie, I, I feel like it's now further in the back of our mind that she's still a fucking rookie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she you just know, started. Yeah, right? Like, like this is ballsy to take all of this investigation now on your own shoulders. Because mm-hmm. Jamie Although... Gum kills her, then what? Yeah. I feel like, though, to to be fair to her, maybe her character at this point, there's a line that I wrote down under Dumbest Decision. Um, when she's talking on the phone, she figures out, I think, where she needs to go to get this guy. And she's mm-hmm. talking on the phone to, I don't remember if it's Crawford or someone else. And he says something along the lines of, we want him for murder, not kidnapping. Which, yeah. to me, implied, they don't care about saving her. They just no. care about getting the guy. And so I feel like in her mind at this point, she's like, well, you know what? I got to save the girl then. I got to be the one to do this. I know that they're going in the wrong direction and I'm just going to let them do that shit until I can get that (laughs) shit sorted out, you know? So 
I it, I definitely still think that was a dumb decision on her part, but I, I can see at least where that was coming from, because when I heard that him say that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, well, more of that gender dismissal, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they're, that's, they're, that's cannon, they're cannon fodder, and they can lead to being a bigger charge. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think it's time to score this movie. Uh, is it is it predictable if I say 10 out of 10? I mean, I wouldn't fault anyone for saying this is a 10 out of 10. No. I actually it's... would have probably said 10 out of 10 before rewatching both movies, but now I, I feel like, for me at least, it's a 9. They're both 9s. Like, they're both very good for different reasons, but I don't know. I can't quite fully say either is a 10, because I feel like if I did, it would be an injustice to the other one, but... <laughs> I don't know. This... That... Yeah, this is, a ten... this is a 10 for me, for sure. For Ooh. sure. Yeah. I mean, I I I am also a '90s baby, so I I love that good '90s that right. good '90s feel. A hundred percent. Like, I and I think that's the thing. It's like this really comes down to like a '90s and '80s aesthetic thing, which both are great for different reasons. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I want to give this one a a, a, a nine. I would have given it a 10, and I don't know. Maybe now that I know that Manhunter is the thing that it is, and I could have, we could have gotten more Manhunter. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I do really like this movie. I think the only thing that really uh, faults it for me is that, like, it does kind of feel like there's just a few, like, just a few spots where it drags a little bit. And not by much. Like, not a whole lot, but I feel like this movie could be maybe like 5, 10, 15 minutes shorter. But I'm probably just picking bits at this point. Like, so, I don't know. Cool. Uh, Alright. Steve, where can people find you in the internet? Yeah, I'm uh, at the Steve Dead on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox. You can find my website, stevestebbing.ca. Uh, and I'm on The Shift every Thursday at 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. But that show is across Canada in 11 different markets. So check your local listings through the Chorus Radio Network. And uh, I'm also on After the Credits with Marina, Bill, and Melissa. And that is a monthly podcast. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I exist on Instagram and Twitch under the username Techronomicon. I upload scores for the movies we watch on the podcast on my letterbox. I might be a little bit behind right now, actually. I should probably check that. Um, my username <laughs> on there is Circeanic. And I have a blog that I infrequently update anytime I infrequently do anything else on the internet. Um, Circeanic.home.blog. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm over at 3agreenerds.com. We're almost every other day. We've got new content going up, and uh, I'm one of the few film critics left in Vancouver, so... <laughs> yeah, no uh, doubt, eh? Uh, yeah, there's just more and more disappearing every day, and I feel like Bad. it's, uh, it is the way that it is. It's just interesting. I don't know. I don't... I love what I do, but it's, yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's so interesting that, like, people leave the film critic game for different reasons and i don't know again i i don't fault anyone for doing that but it's just very interesting that we live we are in the world that we live in so mm-hmm. i don't know i could probably rant yeah. for a whole hour on that but 
Because, yeah, I remember, like, when I'd see Steve at screens, and now it's like, mm -hmm. there's no Steve, there's, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm one of the few critics there that has, like, the seniority now. Like, I'm the one mm -hmm. that's been around mm -hmm. the longest now, and people look at me, and I'm like, I remember when I was that. I remember going to, like, one of my first screenings, and I saw Steve, and uh, I was like, wow, this guy's really, like, he's, like he's one of the big film critics because i was just starting <laughs> off right and now I'm yeah like, now everyone's like oh this kurt guy's been around for a while and i'm like oh trust me when you watch enough talking dog movies as i do you'll become cinematic yeah. jaded yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. yeah oh. definitely <laughs> yeah. uh yeah and then i'm over on three yeah three anger nerds i mentioned I'm on film, uh, Twitter, film critic Kurt, and then Fatal Fall and Letterboxd. I should also mention, too, I write for that hashtag show, which I don't talk about nearly enough, but some people say they find it, and they find it interesting to hear me write instead of talk. So, I don't know. Go check that out. I did a review for um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. Uh, surprisingly, a very fun show. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good show. Well, uh, I would agree with that, too. Season 2 really ramps up the character work, and it's really good. So you can go check out my written review there. I also do a weekly box office recap, and I think people told me it's one of the most fun box office recaps they, they've read. So take that for what you will. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody, which for us will probably be... Because the funny thing is we're recording these in advance, but for you, you won't really... You, the listener, you won't notice that much. But yeah, until next time. Bye for now.